Hey, everyone. This is uh, Life Trees Walking. Uh, Michael J. Nelson here, and uh, along with Pastor Dave Berge. Hello, Pastor Dave. Hi, Mike. Hey, I just, there was a sermon. No, not a sermon. What? I, oh, I was listening to some other apologetics program. What? I you are stepping out on stepping us? Stepping out, cheating on this other podcast. But um, this person mentioned, because someone asked a question, like, why didn't Jesus heal the man right away? If yeah. If he had the power. And the the whole it was like a twenty four minute podcast with this person who will remain unnamed was saying this is one of those problem passages. There are many explanations. Here's a few of them, mm-hmm. and then just explained it. But said you know described it in detail and said and then he yeah you know the first part of the healing. This is where the title comes from. Uh-huh. This is the whole point. He said, "I see men walking around, but they look." Like trees walking, and I was like, "Yes, mm. put a do the URL, connect that because this person is more popular than us, and let's get the uh, clicks, let's get the click-throughs on that baby." Mm. Um, anyway, we're uh, we're also an apologetics podcast where we talk about the biggest things in life, and um, we're going to today. We're a couple of normie, uh, you know, normie Christians. Uh, you know, I would say that <laughs> normie Protestants, uh, in 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 the house, uh, we we it's serious stuff, but we don't take ourselves too seriously. If we said before, it's a lighthearted romp, uh, through the minefield <laughs> of uh, of contemporary faith and life, but also uh, historical and classical uh, uh, versions of faith and life as well. Mike and I do not want to fall prey to a heresy that we missed out on last episode: presentism. Right? Oh, I don't. What is that one? Well, present. That's what uh, C.S. Lewis pointed out. Basically, like this belief that the belief that like the only things that ma- like the things that we think and believe now are like oh okay. so obviously okay. like true and correct and you yeah, know the tyranny of now the kind t- of thing the yes. tyranny of now absolutely yes. like Ma- so many people I I know I can count them all. There are so many that I know who think. There is no such thing as history before they were born. Isn't it Or funny? before they were actually cognizant. So even born is too uh, strange. No, to, yeah, till you, till you like <laughs> until, a- entered like adolescence, the basically. The things that I hold in my hands and see with my eyes are the only things that are that exist or have ever existed. It's like a, it's like a strange a Piagetian develop of morality, like, like, object per- like it's like, yes, like, yes. like somehow like ideological permanence like only what's in front of me now has yes. ever existed it's a very, uh, and is good a narrow view of like materialism that goes even way narrower than that but you know i i i, I again we are, mike and i uh we embrace a, a cheerful pluralism, just saying like, hey, we're in this world. We're all trying to figure it out. This is our perspective. We expect that a lot of people who listen to this are not going to agree with us. And, and if you're one of those people, we're glad you're doing it. Yeah, and hopefully you. we're not, you know, idiots or jerks, you know, but if we occasionally are so, we're sorry um, and we'll try to do better next time. Yes, if so, it was unintentional. I don't, I don't think we try to be jerks. We never – only to like – only very occasionally do we try to be jerks, and you, that's like to Neil deGrasse Tyson or something like that. Yeah, you know? or I, I think we've said negative things about Hitler. I think I don't the, know. There's a great Norman that guy. Mac- I don't know. The more <laughs> I read about him, the have less you seen that? I like him. Have you seen that Norm Macdonald bit where he's talking about yes. Hitler? It's one of the great bits. Yes. Hold okay. on now. <laughs> 
I mean, he's a great speaker. All right, look, I we, was can't just, we can't poach. We can't poach. I was just literally yesterday watching, sitting outside. It was a beautiful Minnesota day, and I was sitting outside, and I watched the entire, like, it's short, but that Courtney Thornsmith, oh, the box chair, office chairman poison. of the board. Yes. Okay. And it's like, there's, I think that might be the funniest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> That's good. And she liked it. She appreciated that. She did. she did. Good for so her. So there we go. Uh, so yeah, so we're going to take on a big topic, and then we have a, a little more of a sort of lighthearted thing you can join on a little bit later. Um, but uh, I have a slightly different idea for that, but we'll talk off air to see if we should pivot or ooh, keep what we're going to do. I like this. Yeah, this one is uh, it, this is happening before your eyes. There is something because there's your a ears. there's a story to tell that is for our audience that m- it might be ready. The time might be ripe for us to like talk about something that is very germane to our podcast in fact it relates directly to this show but like we've never gone there before well, well i i'm leaving you in like suspense well yes then okay well okay. this is exciting uh but let's take on our big topic and that is we promised it last episode when we talked about the heresies the heresies. we wanted to talk about our top 10 we'll probably pare that list down <laughs> theologians top blank till we think we're done talking we're about done. them yes theologians. because you never know how long it's going to take to talk about a theologian well mike and i'm gonna let, i'm gonna i'm gonna let like you say if you want to throw in there like you i, I want i don't want to just talk this conversation i want you to be able to talk to i have my like ones in mind and my top even some of my top ones like i think that these are Top for a lot of reasons, like historical influence, like theological influence, like significance, all of those things. That's one of them. Not necessarily that I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm like the hugest fan of them. But I think top, I, they're on my Mount Rushmore, I guess. Yeah. For well, a lot of reasons. We'll get into, we'll, we get to unpack it. It's our podcast. We get to right. explain why we chose them. It's thing that people wrap you about sometimes where you go like, I think this person is great. And you mean great in the sense that. They brought a lot of something to, they did something in history. And so the great doesn't necessarily mean I think they're like, oh, I love this yep. person. It just means I think they're influential. That's stirred in as well with, I also think they were decent people or whatever. So let the listener understand. And exactly. with that, let us get Dave I already, Burgess. I mean, I already, yeah. Top so. five theologians. Number one, 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 one. So, yeah, and I'm working from the start, and we're going in declining order of significance. I don't know. No, in this is not necessarily in a particular order, although it might be, uh, depending on how things go. But I gave it away last episode. But I am putting at number one on my Rushmore, like at the very tippity tip, tip top, is St. Augustine or Augustine, you know. Yeah, let's talk about that. What is the deal with the pronunciation? Why can okay. this not be settled on? I know it's a Catholic. Okay, Jerry Seinfeld. Prof. What's the deal with? Everyone likes to say salsa. <laughs> Why does everyone like to say salsa? So uh, I've heard it said once that Augustine is in heaven and Augustine is in Florida. Ah, okay. And we're pretty sure about the former, but I'm ching. So uh, no, so Saint Augustine. That's how I've heard it said. So that's what I'm going with. Uh, he is, in my mind, the greatest Christian theologian, um, just in terms of his, like, you know how they say that, like, philosophy is, like, just comments on, Pla- you know, commentary on Plato, like, the entire of yes. the Western philosophical yeah, yeah. tradition. I think much of at least the Western theological tradition is just all commentary on Augustine. Like, we're all just wrestling with the things that he thought through, and when you think of, like, all the great controversies, like, the, like, 
you know, the historical nature of like Genesis and stuff like that, uh, theological interpretation of scripture, um, the great concepts like theological anthropology, uh, predestination, free will, uh, sin. Uh, I mean, man, like he's got everything. And he basically like invented a form of writing, like the autobiography in terms mm-hmm. of his confessions. And so mm-hmm. the man basically like, is not just this theological giant, but a literary giant as well. I mean, invents a whole genre of writing. I mean, in terms of uh, in terms of his autobiography or his memoir, and then also in terms of um, like political philosophy, basically, and political theology with um, with uh, 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 City, City of God, of God. Yeah. and then also I would say like from just the perspective of uh, I, I'm sure he didn't invent this, but but at least like he's a major contributor to like. Christian pedagogy and pedolo- uh, pedagogical theory on his De Doctrina Christiana or on Christian teaching. Like he has this whole theological exposition about how one should think about teaching people. So he was just like very, um, very smart. Uh, you know, he, wherever he, whatever direction that he thought in, um, he made a profound contribution um, to, you know, to Christian thought, but just kind of uh, Western civilization as well. And so I think St. Augustine, uh, you know, number one is number one. And I mean, think about the kind of location in history that he occupied right at the, you know, twilight of the Roman empire. And so here is this man, basically, you know, he is going to see, um, he basically, I think he kind of bridged the world between like antiquity and the modern Christian, you know, what became the modern world through the influence of Christianity. Like, and he certainly would be, we now call them a polymath, oh, right? Yeah. You just take on, I'm just an expert in whatever I take yep. on. Yep. I, so, I also like to think about, uh, I was uh, talking about like Beethoven or Mozart the mm-hmm. other day or something. The idea of the the fact that, uh, well, let's take Haydn, for instance. Yes. He wrote a hundred and whatever, 137. We can debate, who knows. But he wrote a ton of symphonies, right? Uh, and you go, wow, that's impressive. That guy was prolific, like Bach. He yeah. just wrote a ton of stuff. He was, think about this. He was buy. He had to go and buy the paper. Yeah, he had to go and buy the ink. It was not. And, you know, this is an expense. He had to work for that. He, in the case of let's say, uh, uh, let's say Bach, he would yeah. wake up at five a.m. before his many children got up. And sit at a table with candles around him, and you know, fingers cold because it was a room that had not been heated, you know, and and write out the stuff. So I'm just saying, like, when you think about these people who the do logistics, this stuff, yes, the logistics are also part of it. It's like it's it's heroic. It's like you know, Michelangelo and this. I mean, this stuff is like it's physical. It's it, it's just everything. Your everything is put into this. So the fact that you produce so much is like it's just amazing. Yeah. Uh, so Augustine is truly a giant um, in the history of Christianity, and I mean, you know, he is so interesting because he was enamored, I believe, with uh, like Manichaeanism, uh, uh, and he, you know, really fused. I think, you know, if we think of Christian, we're not going to get into what all this means, but like Christian Neoplatonism, basically, and so he was like this, you know, very learned, uh, you know, pagan uh, who was won over to Christianity. He talks about his conversion. 
um, in, in his confessions and then went and sat at the feet of the great uh, Ambrose, you know, the Bishop of Milan, heard this amazing uh, preaching, I think was basically dragooned into being, uh, you know, the Bishop of Hippo, which is in uh, North Africa. And so, I mean, Augustine, when you think about a sort of a man about the ancient uh, world in, in the end of antiquity, you know, the end of the Roman Empire. I mean, think about like he had a, you know, he could see, right, the the, the vandals at the gates um, mm-hmm. and understood, I think, a kind of a, the, I mean, he was a, a great man in a just pivotal era of uh, world history. And so, um, I mean, yeah, I goaded status All right. for so Augustine. I think he's number one with a bullet. I, 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 I just really think he's it. Oh, uh, if you had to... He's him, as the kids say. ...stated in the form of uh, Casey Kasem's top 10 hits, uh, what would you say? I'm trying to goad you into doing a Casey well, Kasem. <laughs> Mike, let's just say, this young man out of Hippo... Oh, dear. ...rose to the top of the charts. Okay. He wants to dedicate this one to his mother, Monica. <laughs> is that good or bad? What is that? I'm not sure. I don't know. I don't okay. know. All right. So he's number one. Okay. Number two. Number two, this one I'm going just in terms of influence. Um, and this is not like someone who I, you know, necessarily like have spent a lot of time studying and reading. But I just think, again, this one is huge influence. Uh, and this is Thomas Aquinas, St. Thomas Aquinas, the dumb ox, as he was. The dumb to. ox, that's right. Um, but I think just his, uh, I mean, his Summa Theologica is just one of those giant things. And his his format, right, of taking... A question and then you know you basically have a question and then you have objections and you have response to the objections i mean this is just hugely influential influential on 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 christian theology and like so many later theologians it's not necessarily your originality but your ability to synthesize like vast amounts of information and so i think thomas i mean you know and thomism as a form of thinking you know persists um uh to this day as as a kind of uh I mean, what would we say? Like a Christian Aristotelianism, um, I think, yes. is, 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 you know, he fuses like the best of classical thought um, with, with Christian thought as well. And, um, and so just his massive output, but then he's also famous in apologetic circles for his, you know, five ways uh, or five proofs or whatever for um, the belief in God, uh, for believing in God. You know, why believe in God? And which is like not necessarily a live question at the time that he's writing it. Um, probably most people uh, believed in God in, in some way, shape or form. But these classical articulations of um, these arguments for the existence of God from the cosmological to the ontological, I think the way that Thomas presented these things, I mean, to me, it's hard to argue with someone who basically articulated what would become Roman Catholic orthodoxy that in persists even to this day. And he wrote, was writing in what the 13th century or 12th century or something like that. Right. What a massive giant. I think he belongs on the Mount Rushmore. It's hard to argue with his influence. It's true. And a lot of the, like you say, the arguments, obviously, the uh, cosmological, the ontological, has just been passed like a baton from him, but still is like at the core of, of you know, philosophical argument, right? Mm-hmm. These things have not been, they have not died. No. And I mean, na- like, kind of natural law, um, these things about that, of course, which don't originate, you know, Thomas, like, like with anything, uh, these ideas existed before, but his kind of articulation of them in a kind of classical Christian fashion, a fashion have just been hugely influential on the way that we think about 
um i mean i think even about uh um like when I think about Martin Luther King Jr. talking about, well, like when there's a conflict between like the moral law and a human law, you know, that there's, there exists somewhere out there, this concept of law that is in, you know, kind of in the mind of God, that's independent from human judgment. Um, you know, to me, that's indebted to Thomism, a, a notion that's indebted to Thomism and this notion of, of a natural moral law, um, whereby the universe is governed. Uh, I mean, these ideas, well, they might be unfashionable in some circles, they constantly come cropping back up, yeah. you know. Don't go away. Didn't mm-hmm. our beloved Chesterton write a? Uh, he did. A yes. Famous. Uh, I, I read. There's a legend about that that he didn't know much about uh, the dumb ox, and someone said, "Would you please write, you know, a biography of him?" And he uh, uh, he said, "Well, I'm writing these three other things," and he didn't pay much attention. But then he said, I kind of think I know what he's about. And he read a couple books about him and then turned in a classic masterpiece on him. So he did it without even talking about genius. He just went like, oh, here. And then it is now the classic book on him. Absolutely. So there's Thomas. Yeah. All right. Number three. All right. Here I'm going to go. And here I'm going to betray, I think, a little bit of my fact that I'm a Protestant is I'm going to go with Martin Luther. I knew it. Yep. If I had to guess. Just because, you and you know, um, I, I own like, I have this like five volume selected works and I just enjoy reading Luther. And I think it's hard to argue with his influence. Uh, yeah. uh, I mean, he's building off of Augustine, of course, but uh, in terms of the making of the stream of Christianity in which I've been reared and, and still exist in, um, you can't, you can't argue with Luther. He was a giant, and I mean, truly, um, when you think about it, he essentially, I think, invented, like, the modern German language. Um, I mean, he was, in the era of the printing press, one of the first, like, sensations and kind of uh, celebrities for his tracks, you know, being passed all over uh, all over Germany. And, um, I mean, the man translate. you know, he was hiding out in a castle, and he translates the Old and New Testaments of the Bible. And so in terms of um, bringing, the, uh, bringing the scripture to people in the vernacular um, and the power and importance of that, uh, gosh, I mean, he's, again, just another person who's an absolute genius, an absolute giant. Um, and his, you know, his belief in basically like salvation by grace through faith, I mean, that is the ground upon which I stand. Um, and especially we think of his really, uh, his, up, his taking up of the apostle Paul, um, and his commentary and exposition upon that. I mean, his, um, his commentary on the letter to the Galatians, one of Paul, be another theme later on, uh, spoiler alert, a person who commented on Paul being that being hugely influential, influential, but, um, the way that Luther read Paul through Augustine, um, and broke with the medieval Roman Catholic Church, even though he didn't want to, um, and changed the course of history. Some people blame Luther for everything. The world is so bad if Luther hadn't been around, but I disagree. I mean, I think that, of course, again, he's a great person. I'm not supporting his later anti-Semitism or anything like that. Um, but I, that was Or his a, obsession with his bowels. Or his obsession with it. Well, I am endorsing that. Okay. It's right. important to it is important. get your fiber, folks. Um, but, you know, I, so of course I disavow any of that. And I mean, he was horrified by the, I mean, the, you know, the, the peasants revolt. You know, some could say he was a, uh, you know, an aristocrat or, 
you know, against against the lower classes or something like that. I don't have anything to say about that. All I got to say is read the Babylonian captivity of the church. It it uh, it it is great. You know, uh, read uh, you know what he says, what he writes on on justification. You can read twenty pages, and you're just gonna learn a lot from Luther and even his own experience of having a tortured conscience uh, relieved when he came to um, appreciate. Uh, the grace of God, you know, uh, salvation um, by grace through faith. Uh, I think you cannot, to me, it's you can't argue with, you can of course argue with Luther, but you can't argue that Luther is not on the Mount Rushmore. I would just uh, want to return to a point you said earlier, presentism, or whatever we're calling it, the tyranny of now, uh, with regard to reading historical figures like Luther, mm-hmm. are there flaws Human beings have flaws. This is a modern conception that is bizarre to me. Yeah, like you're you're canceled because three years ago you said this, you know, or whatever. Like it is a a strange thing, and it's it is supremely modern. We have never done this in the past. People, we have understood that people have flaws. Greatness has nothing to do with having had several flaws that we then know about and like, well, I can't read him because he has this. Like, why? You would why never can't you read anyone. Anyway. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> why can't you just put the stuff aside that you don't like we, we, your brain works. Why do you do that? Anyway, it just drives me nuts. Well, it's separating the art from the artist, right? Like that's maybe an analogy people can appreciate. And this is maybe a terrible example, but People still listen to Michael Jackson, right? (laughs) I mean, and well, and I haven't watched the like response documentary to is he really a, I mean, Norm MacDonald made lots. I'm not going to go there. He made lots of hay about the late Michael Jackson in terms of his, you know, what he may or may not have done. I'm not going to get into that. But other to say, like most people believe that Michael Jackson uh, abused children in some way, shape or form. And yet they still are like, wow, uh, you know. Billy Jean is a great song and like uh don't stop till you get enough like those are very catchy great pop popular music tunes those are incredible and so uh can you separate the like does that is his music not great no his music is great as pop music i think it's awesome uh, was he a great human being i'm not saying that whatsoever or at all yeah and we don't wipe out like the works of shakespeare because even though we don't know much about him those people who claim they do, you're you're lying. You don't know much about Shakespeare. There's just not that much there. No. But he, uh, in his will, he uh, one of the famous things about him is he left his wife his second best bed. <laughs> now we have no idea what that means, other than it sounds pretty bad. It does like, sound bad. And so, should we just go like, oh man, that guy was a jerk. What a what a a, you know? Let's uh, let's not. We can't listen to Shakespeare anymore. Mm-hmm. I mean, come on. This, you know, we don't. Anyway, I'm uh, I'm shutting that off now, and let's Warts go and all. to you. For, Warts and all. Yes, this is this person. is this is number four. Okay, and this one relates to, and now we're skipping way ahead. But I think belonging on this another person where you know they have some colorful parts of their uh, personality, uh, uh, and this is a modern person though. But this is the uh, Swiss German theologian Karl Barth. Okay, and his I think um, I mean the man needed an editor he couldn't shut up he couldn't stop writing uh so i have my criticisms i have plenty of criticisms of carbar but i have to say in terms of his influence on modern theology in terms of a a a orthodox yet modern um as one of the books about him i think bart is uh, you know is a giant 
uh, maybe one of the la- maybe the last giant that we have um, in the theological world. Well, give us a, just a very quick bio, uh, biographical sketch. So he was born. God, was he? He? I know he. Uh, I think he's Swiss. So he's born in Switzerland and made his hay at the University of Basel, University of Bern, um, and you know was a. Uh, one of these grew up kind of one of these people who was trained in liberal uh like the don't please don't read 21st century yes, american yes, co- connotations into that the classical like liberal theology of the late 19th and early 20th centuries he was reared in that but then was part of this generation that was deeply disillusioned because the german liberal theologians were like some of the biggest cheerleaders of uh world war 1 the Great War, which was, I mean, I, I think we haven't even, we could do a whole bunch of podcasts on, like, the impact of World War One on, like... I'm a huge World War One guy. I could go on about it forever. We should so do a we, spinoff we podcast. But, like, I mean, think about it, how it impacted Tolkien uh, and Lewis. I mean, all of these people were in just the most god-awful, horrible circumstances. Those are the people that lived. I know. <laughs> yeah, survivorship <laughs> bias, right? Yes. Yeah, I mean, so, you know, so Bart was just part of this generation that was completely disillusioned sure. by um, by the Great War and by his teachers who had cheered it on and sort of a rejection of them and their theology. And so a recovery, really a recovery of... Um, and kind of a resourcement of these classical theological sources, while also continuing to wrestle with um, the questions raised by, you know, contemporary theology about um, the historicity of Scripture and, you know, wrestling with God in a post-Enlightenment world. Uh, Bart doesn't, you know, he, he's not just sort of going back, uh, uh, a kind of a repristination um, or returning to some sort of pre-lapsarian world before this, all this happened. No, he wrestles with the questions of uh, raised by by the Enlightenment and modern uh, critical biblical scholarship. But he does so in a way where he articulates, I think, a a a um, an orthodox version of Christianity. And I think to his commentary, if you read his commentary, and it goes through many on the Dare Romer brief, it's his commentary on Romans. Um, and I think of it less as a – it's a theological commentary. I mean you're not going to read this for like, you know, what does this mean? It's not like a study Bible. It's like a – almost like a, a Targum or something like that, like a someone riffing off of it. Almost like a, It's almost like a sermon, I would say, more than, more than a, a critical commentary, much more than so. But like the way that he brings the thinking inspired by Paul to bear on thinking about the questions of theology, I think – that is a crackling, like lively read, and it's said that it, you know, landed like a bomb on the world of German theology. And when you read it, it's like r- really good. And I think that um, being eminently readable and comprehensible by normal people, I think, is one of those things too. That one of those things too that makes a theologian so influential and so profound. I think Bart's, yeah, you know, if you're reading Church Dogmatics, it's like crazy long i mean it's like millions of words it's too long but if you read der romer brief if you read his commentary to on the on the romans it's crackling it's alive and there's aspects of bart where he's delphic almost like you're like what are you talking about um but there's other moments of just i mean rapturous poetry um when he's talking about god and so i think that bart um i mean He's definitely someone to contend with and someone to wrestle with as as a modern theologian, and so I think he stands out to me on a rush. Like I would put him on a Rushmore of theologians. Um, yeah. All right. You have one more, but this is the question for you: Is there 
So I'm assuming this was written in German. Yep. And so what's the best translation? Oh my god. Well, I don't know if it's and, the best. Please chew more ice to I know, isn't that great the, for uh, mouth sounds? People love them. A, it's kind of ASMR for <laughs> people that I don't really know. Like I don't awful, know about that. <laughs> that people that love awful sounds. I'm sorry. Uh, Sometimes I forget that we're recording this and I yeah, have my yeah, terrible habits. Like, I can't I can't take that out. That it's I, on our track. Uh, well, uh so there's translations of it that are I'm assuming um I'm gonna get I'm just good pull, and better. Yeah, I'm gonna pull up the one that I that I that I have. Um and I like it, so you know. Uh Okay. So it, You're gonna I, read the whole thing? No, no, I'm I'm I am going to okay. oh. Good thing that there's no results in Amazon for Carl Bart Romans. Oh no, that's Kindle. Sorry, that's not so I don't own the Kindle. You don't own the Kindle. I don't own the Kindle okay. version. This is on Amazon.com. Carl Bart, this is good radio right here. Uh, um, chew more ice, and, and that will make people really... And it's not Barth, folks. It's Bart. Uh, Carl Bart. Uh, Bart. Uh, uh, Epistle to the Romans. I like saying, Der Romer Brief. You do like that. You've said it a few times. Okay, so the translation... Who did it? God, one of the... The person who translated... T.F. Torrance did a lot of translation of his... Uh, of his works, uh, okay. great Scottish, Torn. great Scottish theologian. All right, so this is translate. Who does who's translated this? So this is the Oxford University Press version. Um, so yeah, all I can say is I don't know who translated it. It's published by Oxford University Press, and uh, uh, <laughs> why does that, this is really bad? Why doesn't it say who translated it? It is all right. Let's look. Let's no, come move on. on. No, come Mike. On. No, Mike. Let's, 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 let's keep going. All right, and then my last one. You want yes. another one? I want one more, and then we're going to okay. take a break. Here's what I'm going with. And this is another modern per- person, someone who I think is kind of in the same vein, in the same school. Um, oh, did you pick me? No, That's so I didn't. sweet. Oh. Shit. But someone who I just love reading, and so I'm going to give them some goaded status. Uh, also, they're going on this Rushmore. It's another German person. Here's a great joke. The Germans invent the theology. The English teach the theology. And the Americans learn the theology. It's an old... <laughs> okay. Uh, the the late, great Dietrich Bonhoeffer. Okay. Because his... Uh, I mean, and actually, I think people... Some people poo-poo um, the, the trans... Because it's Nachfolge. That's discipleship in German. And that... The version that was put out by Augsburg University Press, which is like the Lutheran Press, ELCA, Lutheran Press in America. Very good. Critical edition. Excellent. Highly recommend. Um... But I think uh, his the actually the translation that's a little looser that's just called the cost of discipleship I think is like I recommend it even if it's the translator taking a little bit of liberties or whatever when Christ calls a man he bids him come and die I, I mean, just so uh, I just read that in a group of guys I mean it's such a good it's yeah, so the good. cost of discipleship it's so it's a slim volume right? it's very slim yeah and it yeah, is we read that so I yeah. think it's just like so good and so his um uh yeah so that um and and then he's got uh, the other one about like kind of christian you know like life in christian community and and reflecting on uh what that means like the real harsh reality um you know he warns about people who love the idea of christian community more than the reality itself so much that they'll destroy the real thing in the expense of the ideal i think i think bonhoeffer um is another one of these people, and he's taken on kind of legendary status, you know, because he was executed by the Nazis. I was just about to say, sounds like a chap that lived a long, luxurious life and had no problems, right? No, I mean, he was hung at the gallows, uh, um, but he was a, a really, um, 
and, and kind of his ethics is another one of these, um, his, 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 his book on Christian ethics. Is it just another one of these, you know, yes, presentism it's, but it's now he's been dead for, you know, 80 some odd years or 80 years or something like that. So I think, don't think we can call it presentism. 44 or 45? I think it was 45. 45. 45. So close. I mean, it was so, he almost made it. So almost made it. He almost uh, made Did it. he come up with uh, Cheap Grace? He did. Absolutely. Okay. All right. Now I had one professor who said, uh, bad news about, you know, it's, Grace isn't just cheap, it's free. And it's like, okay, yeah, I get it. But you're no Bonhoeffer. Yes. Professor. I could name names, uh, but I won't. So, I mean, yeah, Bonhoeffer, Cheap Grace. Um, I mean, just for me, just read the cost of discipleship. And I think you will see, um, as a work of almost like theology, devotional theology, almost, I mean, it's just so, so good. So that I put him on there. So Mike, what do you, what do you say to my list? Have anything to add, subtract, take away, divide? I don't know. I mean, my Learnedness is such that I have read a little bit of each one of these people and not enough to say I am a Tyro. I am yet a uh, an amateur at this. So I have no objections to your list. I'm fully on board. Um, so let's uh, g- give me the five again and then we'll take a break. So counting down from number five, Dietrich Bonhoeffer. Number four, Karl Barth. Number, number four, three. Karl Barth. Number three is uh, Martin Luther. Number two is Thomas Aquinas, St. Thomas Aquinas. And number one, St. Augustine of Hippo. St. Augustine of Hippo. Oh, you are good. (laughs) All right. All right, we'll take a break. We'll be back in a second. So long, silent Hey everyone! Thanks for listening to Mike. Oh my god, I can't, I can't even do it. Keep it up for two seconds. Uh, hey, uh, Dave here, and thank you everyone for listening to Like Trees Walking. Um, it's great to be back in the saddle again. And so, what we appreciate so much is your support and your faithfulness over these years. If you've been listening to us since we started this back in 2016, raised voice for question at end of statement or. You know, if you just somehow happened upon us uh, in the last couple of months, uh, or this is your first time ever listening, we're so glad you're here. Uh, thanks for listening. Um, if you want to rate us and review us, that would be cool. Uh, your comments are much appreciated. And um, yeah, it, it means everything. You know, we do this because we love it. Um, but we also do this because we like to think that this is adding some kind of benefit. Um, it, this is a value add uh, to the world out there in a, in a world... Uh, marked by, you know, strident voices, uh, caustic, uh, you know, toxicity everywhere. Um, we are like a Brita filter, uh, bringing just the purity to your ears. And so, and you occasionally get to hear like interesting stories from Mike's life, like about meeting Burt Reynolds. So that's like, I think maybe the Easter, if you're just on an Easter egg hunt, we're glad you're here too. So let's get back to it. And the surprise, even to Mike department. And we're back. Thank you. Thank you, Pastor. Thank you for that Casey Kasem uh, impression. Wow. I felt like he was in the room with me. The great, the late great Casey Kasem. We lost him. We did. Did you not know that? Oh, I'm sorry. Dave's crying. I'm so sorry. I did I ever tell knew. this? I, sometimes I thought tell, you knew. So here's another story. 
I sometimes feel like I repeat myself here, but who cares, all right? Yeah, so when you're on podcast, you're going to repeat. I was once a chaplain. I once broke news. Now, this was, I feel like I've said this before, but I was a chaplain, like a part of my ministry training. I was a chaplain at a hospital in New Jersey. Yeah. uh, And, you know, one of the things is, like, they call you and it's like, the patient died. Can you go be with the family? You know, can you go through the family in the room? So I go in the family. Beloved you know, grandma, abuela has passed away. Okay. And this is very sad, but she has been dead for an hour when I get there mm-hmm. and they're still sitting there in their morning and whatever. And yeah. I go, I go to the family. I say, I'm, I'm, I'm Dave. I'm the chaplain. I'm so sorry for your loss. I'm so sorry. You lost your grandma and a young, younger, but not that young in her twenties, granddaughter, someone sitting there and goes, she's dead. And just starts bawling like I had broken the news. And when we are literally talking like they are unhooking, you know, the nurses are unhooking all of the equipment and like the flat line is there. And I was what? like, oh, it was one of the most uncomfortable circumstances. I was adopted. <laughs> wow. She's dead. And no. I was like, I thought. I'm gonna reason. Hi, um, oh no, she looks good. You know, at her a few times. Look at her moving there. <laughs> see you later. Her her color. I think I see her color coming back. I think oh, she man. was only mostly dead. I know. So it was a great, truly one of those. I couldn't believe what was wow. happening moments. So, but you know, people grieve in different ways. <laughs> Speaking of things we can't believe, this is the. The tale that we're going to tell. Yeah. Uh, Why don't you uh, spin it up? All right. So it's been almost five years. So I think enough time has passed. The wounds are not fresh. We can finally just come clean about one of our – it's not a lost episode we shared with you. But it's it was like I think something that – I was super bummed, I'm just going to say, when this happened at the time. Like I was so bummed. I think our audience was bummed. This was back in 2018. Yeah, it doesn't. It seems like it, I would have said like it was 2017, but no, it was 2018. Uh, it was our live podcast, our first one that we did with Connor with 372 pages. God, I can't believe you've been doing that for. I've been doing that for a long time. Holy crap! It all started with Ernest Klein, Ready <laughs> yes. Player One, and here you are. Um, but no, it was our live podcast at Sisyphus Brewing in Minneapolis. Minneapolis, and that recording was lost to history. Um, now. In reflecting back, it's not actually that big of a surprise that it was lost. <laughs> and it was lot like it was the the Ready Player One stuff was lost too, right? Or that, did you get that? That is no, it was lost. It was lost. So both podcasts suffered. Um and when That's I say it's correct. it's it's not surprising. I asked a friend <laughs> to do it. And this friend, um, you know who you are, sent I believe like sent someone else not himself or he had to leave for like an event in the middle of it so this is and like this is one where folks just say no like saying no is acceptable because then people can find a better alternative and they they needed their main computer uh for uh uh, well he needed his main computer for another gig that night and so he left us with his backup computer which um was like the a computer, a computer that looked like it was going to lose all the like it was out of central casting for a computer that looked like it was going to lose all of the data on it. Like it looked like yes, it looked like it had you know like soccer stickers on it, 
And you know how sometimes the tech will go, um, oh, your computer's not working. Spin your laptop, and then you spin it, and it spins around. Your battery's bulging. You know, <laughs> yeah. It looked like the battery was like bulging out, like it was George Costanza's wallet. You know, yes. just like a huge. I'm like, is that thing gonna? And you know, could hear the fan from like 20 feet away. This thing what was is that noise. This thing was <laughs> <The> fan. <laughs> this laptop was beat to hell, and and. He knew that it was, oh, you know, it, um, it's the kind of thing where, and it had the, you know, MagSafe cord or whatever, and it's, and it's one of the things where I think it had a MagSafe. It might have had the old, like, you know, mail, like that old MacBook iBook where it had, like, the mail plug into the female port with, like, the green ring about it. Real ones know what I'm talking about. It might have even been one of those. Yeah. Well, it's fine, um. But just if if it it's battery it has no battery life so if it comes unplugged it just completely crashes just and crashes loses everything so it has <laughs> no so you have entrusted the recording and I know this we're a minor podcast no one cares about us but we wanted this to happen this, this is a this is ephemera this is a once in a life this is yeah never this was going never to going to happen again. again and it was a magical night I mean and like I think you guys tried to like recreate what you did and you were maybe you were more able to do that on the show I think we recreated it that's yeah, correct you yeah, did do yeah, a recreation yeah. you and I just no, more did a like it's just we mourned the loss of and the... we were gold we did um because we watched the movie Christian Mingle remember oh Huge laughs. Oh, good stuff. We killed. We oh, killed. Slayed. Oh, even the the bartender who didn't want to be there was like, ah, oh, loving this. Yeah, this is good. <laughs> and it was a packed house. It was a friendly house. People were, yeah. I mean, people were in stitches. I feel like we. I feel like we killed even more than the than. No offense to Connor, but I feel like we killed even more than the 372 pages version. Like because our material was even better than horrible Ernest Klein. Christian That's Mingle true. is so bad. It's so. That it, was such a great choice. It was such a good choice, and so it was just this magical moment. And then, um, and then I'm like, you know, and and he left and left like a friend there. She was recording it. And then, you know, you hit up the guy. Like, so I did the thing where I hit him up like, and I'm not trying to, you know, I'm not trying to be pushy, but just to say, you know, we want to get this posted in the next couple of days. So just email me over the file when you got it. And it's one of those things where it's like, you don't hear back from the person. (laughs) You don't hear back. And then you're like, hey, you know, and you feel like, oh, am I being pushy? Like, this is my like third text in two days. But I, you know, I do kind of want to get this out there and I know you're busy. And it's like, and then it's like, okay, yeah, let me see. And then you get like, hey, you know, there's some issues. Hey, hey there might have been some issues. Um, here's like, here's the computer. Go take it to someone to see if they can find it. And so we did. We we took it to whoever our data recovery took it to special. The FBI. We took it to the FBI. I know, <laughs> you know. Uh, and the let's just say it was one gigantic blank empty file where. Our comedy goal should have been. And so that is what happened. So the lost episode is because a friend gave us a horrible computer <laughs> and then left. And it's truly a, a lost episode. It's gone. Like, you know, it's literally. It's like, oh, it lives, that one's in the vault. It lives. You'll never see it. It lives only in our memories. That is, it's so sad. Can I just close with this? Please. Because you mentioned this. This is the same thing. But once I wrote. Um, something for a big animation company out on the West Coast when I was when I really needed to have the money. Like yeah. I was a freelance. 
person. And this was a big company. Like they had their own building. Like they were doing stuff for commercials. Anyway, I wrote something for them. And then I just, and my invoice was submitted. Didn't hear from them. And I called and this is like a personal, like I know that I have this person's phone. I'm like, hey, uh, person, what's uh, what's going on? I haven't seen, you know, what's, what's happened? I thought we were working, we were working on all these projects. Yeah. Like two months later, she gets back to me and goes, yeah, um, we just didn't have the money. So we just stopped answering <laughs> oh your my phone. Oh gosh. <laughs> it's like, well, thank you for being honest. Um, <laughs> but... But you're a huge company. I'm just a guy. Could you pay me? She's like, I, uh, she called me after um, I got paid. So, okay. But it was I'm like glad. a long, but I eventually did. But it was just like, but you were like just counting like, on this money. Yeah, I'm like, I, I need it. That's why I wrote the thing. I wouldn't write it if I didn't need the money. <laughs> oh, very funny. Just dodge. So anyone will dodge your calls for, yeah. you know, it's not, you, they don't have to be. And so I don't, so I don't hold it. Personally, against this, you know, individual at all. Yeah, I will not name them, but I will say that, like, I just said, "Hey, I've learned my lesson. Um, I think we'll probably just—I wouldn't ask you to do this favor for me again." And so, uh, folks, we're sorry, Uh, but for everyone who made it, I guess it makes it that much more. That's right. You were there. Were you there? You, if you were there, you were one of whatever, like seventy people. Oh, we got should, to see the magic. We should make some retroactive merch so that they could say, like, yeah. Oh, you were at that? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. Sisyphus is great because it has, like, the – I mean, it has the brick wall behind, too. Oh, like, yeah. it's just classic for yeah. For, yeah. for comedy. Uh, and so we slayed uh, – and you have to take our word for it. Yeah. <laughs> but it was so good. The Christian mingle, it was so – Funny. Oh, it was good. That was good. That is people, not a good movie. People were laughing. Yeah. <laughs> but it uses this. Someone told me they use the set from um, Arrested Development. Like the Mexican Village set oh, from no. Arrested Development is used in Christian Mingle oh, wow. to be the to be like the village in in Mexico. <laughs> so it's so fun. So we're like busters going around Mexico. It's like the same set. Michael. All right. I've made a huge mistake. <laughs> All right, folks, uh, that's our stuff. That's theologians and our tragic tale. And uh, we'll be back with another uh, Like Trees Walking. I'm Michael J. Nelson. I'm David Berge. Bye-bye. Bye.